0: Hi everyone, this is katherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 246. And this week we don't have a Welcome to Night Vale episode to recap, so we're gonna do our usual Lore Olympus Mandalorian and whatever we feel like. Right, which seems to become even more standard than Night Vale, I think, is yeah. to talk about Lore Olympus and the Mandalorian. Yeah. And of course, first we've gotta do the weekly sit wrap! wrap. And I have it, it, it. Don't so you hear that? Uh, cranberry vodka. So, Ooh, have nice. cranberry, whatever, yeah. Uh, Deep River Brewery has a brand new beer out. It is called Bad Barista. It is Ooh. a vanilla latte ale. So, ah. let's see. Ooh. Wow, it definitely tastes the coffee in that. I mean oh, that like, I was just going to ask. That's like actual coffee, not chocolate ale that tends to taste like coffee. Right, nice. Oh, very cool. So, SITREP, um, health-wise, we're all healthy. They have announced that the vaccine has been approved and it's already starting to be shipped out. They say that vaccines will start, they keep saying a matter of days. And I'm like, but how many days? Are we talking like three or four days? Are we talking like 16 or 17 days? And how is the rollout going to take place? And how are they going to determine who gets it first? I'm really hoping they're giving it to the hospital workers and all the people on the front lines first, and then the vulnerable population, like the mm -hmm. elderly, that sort of thing. So... No telling how long it will be before, you know, our level actually gets a hold of some vaccine, but we're not at a high risk category at this point. And meanwhile, I think there are hundreds of other vaccines out there being tested on right now. So expect to see some more of those in the future as well. Yeah, I was just wondering today, I wonder the Venn diagram of people who don't believe in masks, but do believe in vaccines. Is there any overlap in those circles at all, do you think? The situation is so crazy. There's just no telling. I mean, you have got people who are praising President Trump for the creation of a vaccine for a pandemic that they don't think exists and a vaccine which they are not going to take because they think it's going to cause autism, and meanwhile, it's a way for the government to track you. So I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, politically, uh. things were just so messed up this last week. I mean, we had two separate cases of a federal judge telling the Trump administration or someone suing on behalf of the Trump administration, no, we're not throwing out the results of the election. No, God, they're not even pretending. They're like, you know, we need to throw out all these millions of votes because they didn't vote for our guy. You yeah, know? that's what it really boils down to. And now Ugh. there are big protests in D.C. and people calling for secession. Although I did find out that one, <sighs> there's a tweet that's making the round that's showing a bunch of cowboy Texan types on Hannity, I think, and mm-hmm. The crawl at the bottom says that Texans pushing to secede to New Mexico, and apparently that is a joke that did oh. not actually happen. But okay. it's all one right. of those things that is so close to the insanity going on right now. How can you tell? We were just—I just had my lunch today with my friends Jada and Mark, and Jada was like, "I can't even tell what is a real headline and what's an onion headline at this point. It no. all sounds like an onion headline." I mean, I can't, and there's just no. Ugh. I got a Christmas card. Today. Day with this twee little poem on the front of it. But it was talking about how do you remember a time when you could say a prayer without it causing a stir? And you know, when Christmas wasn't a banned word. I'm like, oh, what, what reality do you live in? Oh God. Do I even want to know who sent you that one? It's nobody you know. Okay, <laughs> I, I won't embarrass her by saying it out loud, but and she doesn't <sighs> listen to this podcast anyway. <laughs> uh, fine. Oh, and also to digress to more fun information, speaking of doesn't listen to this podcast. I can say this because mom doesn't listen, but Nathan and I got our tree yesterday Mm -hmm. and we were shocked when we went to the farmer's market in Raleigh because there was almost no trees left for sale. So we drove around and we found a local place, Lee's Produce in Clayton, and they had some trees and the prices were pretty good too. And we got one that was a nice, you know, rough shape for what we needed. But I'm very glad that mom is not going to see this tree because if she did, she would never stop twitching. at what really? we managed to get because you know mom loves a perfect Christmas tree. Yeah, and this does. one Well, it has branches that kind of grow out really thickly, but then they split off in other directions. So you got, you know, the branches are going in all puzzle-shaped directions. There's a great big gap in the front of it that we just can't do anything about. I think the biggest thing is that the tree trunk goes up normally to like four feet, but then the top half of the tree goes off at an angle. Now, (laughs) we've managed to get it turned so that's facing away from us in the living room so that you can't see that it's twisted like that. But if you stand at the side it looks like the tree is flinching away from the living room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's definitely good. Mom would I don't know. Mom would Mom would probably want you to send it back. I don't know. Mom has already bought a second tree. What? Because she was afraid that the first one they got, they got too early and it would have dropped all of its needles by Christmas. So she's now on tree number two. I actually thought that would hang a second. The cat is, would you stop? She's nuzzling my phone that I record on. Stop (laughs) cat. She told me that they got their tree the day after Thanksgiving, and I remember even thinking, "Well, that's pretty early to get a tree. Is, is it going to be alive by the time Christmas comes around?" I should have known. No. I should have known. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> mom, mom is a perfectionist when it comes to Christmas, and that she really kind of is. I'm yeah. surprised she didn't say something when I sent her a video of uh, our Christmas lights because one of the strings is blinking, and I don't know how to turn it off, and she hates that. <laughs> She does. I, Hannah's got some Christmas lights, and they twinkle in her uh, apartment. And twinkling are better than blinking, but still, Mom doesn't like the twinkling. And Hannah put up this post. She's like, I actually like the twinkling. Good. <laughs> Admit that. That's fine. Oh, dear. Well, I got my Christmas tree, too, but I just I got it from Home Depot because they had this really nice outdoor area. It was so easy. You didn't have to interact with anybody. You're just like, I want that tree, and I'm going to pay for it, and I'm going to leave. So there you go. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, everything else with everybody is fine. So, I guess we'll move on to our review of the latest episode of Mandalorian. Eee, a caper episode, caper episode. That was so fun. Man, and I love watching the two ladies, like, keeping them safe by doing the sharpshooting thing from across the canyon and everything. And like, like, oh, go, get them. Ultra professional, too. I really yeah. like that a lot. They yeah. are very intimidating ladies. Uh, probably the best thing, though, the pirates attacking their transport thing and the whole fight and battle that's going on with there and they're getting close to the stronghold or whatever and they're about ready to be taken over by all these pirates and they all have thermal detonators and then you hear the roar of the TIE fighters come in and take them out and they said exactly what I thought. They're like, well, I bet you never thought you'd be glad to see Stormtroopers show up. I'm it, like, I know, I didn't st- so cool seeing everybody cheering and saluting them when they came in. I'm like, oh, you guys are the enemy so we shouldn't be happy about this. But yay! God, that was really, I mean, just... We've said it before, they do such a good job on the sound work on these episodes, but that TIE fighter roar, oh, so cool. I loved it. So, so wonderful. Now, someone did point out on Twitter, and I don't know if anyone ever gave them an answer to this. Well, because, of course, in this episode, spoilers, the Mandalorian has to take his helmet off Mm -hmm. because he's dressed as one of the troopers on the transport ship. And he has to have a, a facial scan in order to access this computer terminal. So, you know, he takes it off and we've seen him before. But someone pointed out. Why does the Mandalorian have a mustache if I nobody that ever sees him? Thing. Nope, I wonder that exact same thing. I'm like, I don't know. I think the actor looks really nice with the mustache. So it does, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the only explanation we're really going to get. But my thing was, the machine needed to do a facial scan in order to give him access. Why? I mean, if his name and face were in there, then they would have arrested him immediately. And if it wasn't in the records, what the hell is it like? We just got to scan you to make sure you're an actual person? It's that kind of like that or... little button you have to check when you go to a website that says, I am not a robot. Yeah, it's like, well, I'll take your word for it, you know. But <laughs> I didn't care. That was, that was totally fine. You know what? One thing... They were in Slave 1 when it was taking off, sitting in the cockpit, and you see the entire ship spin around them. And everybody's always wondered. I mean, it, it lands and it looks like an iron and it takes off and it goes vertical and everything. What must that be like on the inside? We got to see it! That was exactly what Nathan said when he saw that. He was like, oh, I always wondered how that worked. That's so cool. Man, talk about something for the fans there. It was every just like, time. Oh, every man. time there is something new for the fans. And then Bill Burr, of course, the comedian who was in one of the earlier episodes, and comes back because he's so popular. He was amazing. And I felt like they did what a lot of TV shows do. When you have a bad guy that's really popular with people, eventually you do kind of have to turn him into a little bit of a good guy. And that's definitely what they did in this one. In this case, you also have to bring in somebody who's an even worse bad guy for him to shoot point-blank range because he was asking for it. He really, really was. I wondered how they were going to get out of that. I was... Man, I mean, they're in the canteen in the middle of an imperial stronghold and they shoot one of the generals and they have to make their escape and they're climbing on the outside of the wall. And, oh, so fun. And little details. I mean, things that I honestly don't know how many people would have paid attention to that. So the Mandalorian is wearing stolen armor and he had to mm-hmm. hand off his actual Mandalorian armor to his one of his friends to take care of. So he gets in a fist fight with one of, well, probably about five of the pirates. And then one of them slams into him with a rod or something like that. And he like really flinches as bits of the armor comes off. And you realize, oh, he has to relearn how to fight with something Thing that mm-hmm. isn't as strong as Mandalorian armor. That was a uh, really nice little touch there. Yeah, and then he's climbing back into the cockpit after he fought off all those pirates, and you just hear him go, ugh, ugh, mm-hmm. sort of flinching and everything. I, and at one point, when the pirates, he'd fought off a bunch of them, and then a bunch more show up, and you actually see him, like you can barely hear him, but you can just see him go, <sighs> Just <laughs> sigh like that. So fun. The whole thing was really fun. And I think next week might be the final episode of this season. Because, or Ooh. unless have, unless they're doing an extended season, because last season was only eight, and this one was seventh of uh, season hmm. two. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, they. Uh, I'm looking on Google. Says uh, season two, episode eight, dropping on December 18th. That's that's all. That's all they're listing. My, <sighs> well, I, mean, I will just have to start over with season one then, because now yeah. I want to see all these things again. Yeah, boy, I think I've I've waited for a long time before starting it because. I don't know. I, I knew a lot of people were really wanting a Boba Fett series and everybody was all excited about that. I thought, always thought Boba Fett was kind of cool, but it wasn't like my favorite character and everything. So I thought, Oh, I'm sure this will be good. It'll be fine. Oh, I hear baby Yoda's cute. That's cool and everything. But I didn't really, really get into it until probably about two or three episodes in. And then I'm like, this is cool. I like this. <laughs> yeah, I love that um, joke headline someone posted about the main actor for The Mandalorian has been hospitalized for muscle strain from having to support the entire Star Wars franchise. Oh, boy, howdy, man. <laughs> it's, it's not <laughs> wrong either, man. So, other than that, we have to talk about Lor Olympus, which definitely moved forward quite a lot this week. It did, but it's a fast recap because you can almost sum it up in two words, Zoom meeting. Yep, that's it. And it was all the things like Artemis can't figure out how to unmute herself. And you've got Hermes in the background eating a sandwich and he's got some cheap cat PNG in the background. It's just <laughs> and all the Zoom tropes. Aphrodite is playing with her phone for the entire meeting, but she also has one of those ring lights up that is especially mm-hmm. good if you're being filmed for like a podcast or something. So, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, uh, oh, Zeus, of course, had to ask Poseidon if he was wearing pants. So every (laughs) Zoom trope that you can think of, they had all of them in Oh, yeah. And so you saw that Hera and Zeus both had their separate Zoom windows. But then at one point, Hera says something really snarky and she leans back and they're in the same room, but she's Mm -hmm. obviously mad at him and not sharing a Zoom window. So I thought that was very clever, too. Now, there was something that I wanted to ask about. So, in this meeting, of course, Zeus asks Hades out and out if Persephone is there, and Hades says yes. And they get into a shouting match. So Hades is trying to tell Zeus that when he found Persephone, she was so terrified from all this stuff that Zeus has been doing that she was near hibernation, which apparently for gods can take centuries. Mm-hmm. And Zeus is shouting at Hades and finishes up with, Persephone is just using you. And then they both stop and they stare kind of wide-eyed at the screen. And yeah. I wasn't quite sure because that's a sort of reaction when two people have gone too far, but I really didn't get that sense from the dialogue that either of them said anything that was really out of the ordinary for this situation. I didn't, I didn't either, because I think the last thing that Hades said was, this happened on our watch, this is unacceptable, the whole hibernation thing. Mm -hmm. So no, but I'm willing to bet that's setting up for some kind of backstory that we're going to get in a little bit. Um, It's, She's actually been pretty good about that, letting us kind of try and guess about things. Yeah, and we know that Hades was kind of manipulated into taking on the role of the king of the underworld, Mm -hmm. and that also... Zeus had told him that there wouldn't be any stigma attached, but obviously that isn't the case because Hades has been alone because nobody wants to live in the underworld with him. So yeah, I hope we see more of that. Yeah, me too. I wondered if maybe one of the ways that Zeus got away with kind of browbeating him into that was Hades did say that when he got out of, you know, he'd been inside of Kronos for 13 years alone and that he had some post-traumatic stress from that and that being out in the sunlight really kind of bothered him sometimes. I wonder if that's what Zeus used to convince him to go down to the underworld. He would have been like, well, there's no sun in the underworld, so I don't know. Yeah, well, the ending of the episode was rather cool, though, because Persephone went for a swim in one of Hades' gorgeous pools that he has in his underground palace, and she's trying to get Hades to join her. Mm, And she doesn't... I like the fact that we kind of think of her as this innocent swimmer, kind of naive little creature and everything. But, man, she's really forward with Hades. She is, very yeah. much so. Yeah, and has been for a while. I've been rereading the issues, and a lot of the time she's been the one to instigate some kind of connection between her and Hades. So mm-hmm. i the author uh, slash artist is being really careful to make sure that this is not Hades, who is thousands of years old, taking advantage of someone who's 19. She's very much in control of a lot of this. Who was the person who said in the Zoom meeting, oh, don't worry about this, Persephone. Don't worry about your scholarship. We're just glad you're okay. Who was it who was saying that? That was Hestia, because I think uh, Hestia and Athena lived together. And uh, Hestia has been like the pushiest about trying to get Persephone to join the um, goddesses of eternal maidenhood. Yeah. And she was also the one that you saw, you didn't see the dialogue, but you saw that she was shouting at both Artemis and Persephone after Persephone was photographed in a beautiful fur coat leaving Hades house in the morning. Right. Uh, and the meeting between you know Hestia and them ended with Hestia telling Persephone that she had to give up that coat and Hestia took it. And I always thought that was kind of a shit move on Hestia's part. But a lot sure. of the commenters were saying that was really kind of nice to see Hestia jumping in to say don't worry about it. We're just glad you're safe. Yeah, that is nice. That whole Zoom call, you got to see everybody's little caption, like who was actually talking in that. Ares has his caption to identify himself. It said his as Dickus. (laughs) But that's all for Blore Olympus. I think the only other thing we wanted to touch on today was the fact that we've been rewatching a lot of Black Mirror and Mm. you just watched Black Mirror, Black Museum. Yes. Oh my goodness. So of course the main actress is of course Shuri from Mm. Black Panther and she was amazing. I was almost screaming her the entire time because she's this very petite woman who is all on her own and goes into this museum with this incredibly creepy guy who's telling her very upsetting things. And I'm just like, why aren't you running away? Well, we found out why. Yep. Yep. She had a plan the entire time, which the first time time I didn't get that. But the second time around, all the time that he's sweating and coughing and just looking ill, it's very much playing up to the idea that, yeah, he probably shouldn't have been drinking that water that she gave him. No. Yeah. And she also sabotaged the the air conditioning to make him uncomfortable so that he'd be thirsty enough to drink the bottle Mm -hmm. of water that she handed him. But Mm -hmm. the stories themselves were great. I mean, it's Hannah pointed out the similarity with White Christmas in that you have an anthology TV show and then you have what's basically the season finale, which is itself an anthology. So many different stories going on and all of them kind of coming back to this one guy who was involved in every one of the stories. And The other connection to White Christmas was the idea of creating an artificial person out of someone's memories Mm -hmm. and excusing that as, oh, they're not a real person, that's your excuse for torturing them as much as you want, you know? And it's really uncomfortable. It's thinking, well, sure, it's not a real person, but it is a consciousness. So yeah, kind of horrific. It may not be real, but it thinks it's real. I think that's yeah. where the distinction is there. And that yeah. was... Ugh. It was an uncomfortable idea because, of course, the final story was about the convicted killer who was electrocuted and he took a copy of him to put in the museum so that he could then have people pay money to electrocute him and he would be feeling it the entire time. And then they would each get a little souvenir that was actually a recording of him feeling being electrocuted forever. I'm like... That, yeah, that made me uncomfortable. That made I me really inco- And I was just like, oh, my, I mean, because the museum apparently started to fold when there was a big protest and a lot of people decided that was a really awful thing to do to a recording. So you got to hope, did they destroy those recordings? One would hope that everybody destroyed those recordings. I, yeah, I really, I like his reaction because... There was a timer set on the electrocutions because if you tortured him too much with electricity for too long a time, the memory patterns would degrade and he wouldn't be good and he wouldn't be worth much anymore. But you have some people who would pay extra money to be able to keep it on extra long. And at one point, this one... Politician guy comes in there, and the convicted criminal obviously recognizes him. He's like, You again, you racist fuck! You know, I just, <laughs> oh God. It's awful, just awful. But really, boy, the one about the doctor who hooked himself into the patients so he could feel what they feel, boy, that was all kinds of crazy. That was really creepy. And you did hear the through line of the entire episode news articles in the background talking about a TV reporter getting murdered. And that mm-hmm. was what the man was executed for in the final story, but I don't think they ever really said who was the actual murderer because it did seem to imply that he wasn't it, that there was yeah. some question and DNA evidence and all that. But no, they never actually resolved that. Well, maybe it's something for a future Black Mirror episode. I mean, I hope we get more Black Mirror eventually. It's just, not right now. In the middle of a pandemic <laughs> is not the time to have more episodes that punch us in the heart. Right, yes. Well, I watched Playtest uh, the other mm-hmm. evening, and that was fun. The guy undergoing video uh, game testing, whatever. And I, I hadn't noticed that the first time, but in the ending, I I thought all of his horror was the idea that his mom not recognizing him, that was his worst fear because of what he went through when his dad has had Alzheimer's. But watching it the second time, I really think his brain's firing all at once in that half second. And that's yeah. all that this takes place in is just that half second. So at the same time that he's experiencing this, he knows that phone call is what triggers the explosion in his synapses there, so he's screaming at his mom to not call, and she does. oh, Oh, man. man. Because that idea of seeing it coming is one of the things that really, really gets to me in horror. It was, I never really thought very much of that episode the first time I saw it, but the second time watching it, I, I enjoyed it much more. It feels more, the first time around, it did feel kind of, oh, they're trying to torture this guy for a game, and oh, he wakes up. No, this time he really wakes up. No, this time he really wakes up. And it just sort of felt almost predictable. But the second time around, I surprisingly thought it was deeper than the first time that I watched it. Well, it helps that the character was obviously a good guy, and then he hooks up with a woman who actually turns out to be a fairly nice chick. So I liked that. Yeah, I did too, especially when part of the episode seemed to be implying that she was the one who got him sent into this place and it was all a ruse and i was glad that didn't seem to be real i hope that wasn't real anyway funny that we had to watch the episode twice before we realized that she was one of the bad guys in ant-man and the wasp yeah well i think the first time that i saw this episode i hadn't seen ant-man and the wasp yet so now my brain can make that connection very nice now you also watched hated in the nation yes i did um I didn't think it was bad. I thought it moved so damn slow. I mean, there were so many times when they dragged things out that I didn't think was necessary, and then you get to the ending, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So you had somebody engineer the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people based on whether they used a hashtag, and Mm -hmm. it would have been a horrible, horrible death, and it all happens off camera. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. It really is. I don't... The first time I watched it, it was mostly the ending that I really didn't like. That kind of like, oh, she's got him in her sights and she's going to get him and then it just stops. It really felt anticlimactic. The bit with all the deaths happening off camera, I was almost relieved at the time because it was so uncomfortable watching all the other people die that way. I didn't know if I could handle all those people. But we didn't really even we only saw that one woman who was in her classroom, the teacher, and all the kids pointing to the window and all the bees who were trying to get in the window. I think we needed to see that a few more times. Even if you didn't show us the actual moment of all those people dying, I think we needed to see them see it coming in order to have a kind of satisfying resolution. I don't know. I liked how it was both about people who are so awful that you wish that there was a way to punish them but it was really more about that dog pile mentality of really feeling like we gotta punish somebody when they do something bad. You yeah. Know? And it's one of those things where, like, you know, ages and ages ago, somebody for Halloween dressed up as a victim of the Boston Marathon bombing. Oh, and God, yes. That was a stupid thing to do. She was getting death threats. There were people who were, like, sending her messages saying they were going to rape her family. And that's, I mean, you don't make the situation better by escalating like that. There's literally no benefit to that at all. So, And that did seem to be what this episode was saying, that the whole anonymity of the internet and what would happen if somebody was actually able to hold everybody to account and in this way it kind of makes the audience a participant it sort of indicts all of us because we're all kind of hoping that bad things would happen to people who wish for bad things to happen to people so right right it's definitely eating its own tail at that point but yeah the internet is so, especially Twitter, with people really trying to make that algorithm happen. You know, you see somebody say something crappy and you really kind of hope that they're going to get way more comments than likes because that's, they've been algorithmed and they'll know that they're a terrible person. My only problem with that is it also amplifies assholes and that there are a lot of people who kind of want that to happen, that they don't care if there's people screaming death threats at them and everything. They are a troll and all they want is the attention. Mm -hmm. And we're, by trying to algorithm them, we're giving them an attention. They might only have like 40 followers and we've just made sure that hundreds of, if not millions of people, saw their terrible little comments. So, yeah, it's all kind of tied into that. But the other episode that I watched... Coincidentally enough, was San Junipero. I watched it too. Yes, I love that episode so much. I never get tired of it. It is just nope. so, so, so good-hearted. I just really adore that. I love the fact that the writer has actually said, you know, because people had the theory that maybe the one character did actually decide to die and not go into the cloud, and yep. that this, you know, her appearance was just the other woman. That was what the cloud was making for her to be happy. And the writers like, no, they both ended up in the cloud and they're happy together forever at the end. (laughs) Which is awesome because this is probably the third time I've seen the episode, and this time I was watching for it when Kelly, who's the, you know, she's now dying of cancer, and she's already told Yorkie that she's not going to go into San Junipero. But when she finally says, you know, I think think I'm ready to see the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And then she's dying, and you see the, whatever, the euthanasia liquid going into her and everything, and you watch, and you don't see the little thing on her temple that means she's being uploaded to the cloud. You never actually see that. So I think that's actually... The creator, I am very, very glad that he came out and said, No, she's in the cloud, they're happy, it's fine and everything. But I do think he was really trying to get people to. He's like, I'm gonna deliberately not show that, so people are gonna wonder. So I think (laughs) as a writer, you kind of probably like it to be a little ambiguous at times. But then he of course came out and said, Nope, they're together, they're happy, fine, the end. Okay, there was one other thing that we need to talk about before we sign off. So okay, the new Loki trailer dropped. Oh Oh, my my god. That looks so good. I was so worried because I saw that and I didn't watch it for a while because I'm just I don't want it to be bad. I want it to be amazing. And then I finally watched it and I've mentioned this to you literally like a minute after I watched it. We lost <laughs> internet here, so I'm pretty sure the router fainted. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I can totally see why. But the actress who played Kelly is going to be in the Loki show. Yes, That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you told me that right after I'd watched San Junipero. So and the, also the actress who played. Yorkie is going Mm -hmm. to be in a TV miniseries based on Station 11? Really? Oh my god, I I loved that that book. book. I loved that book. At least one magazine I read listed that as one of their best books of the year, the year it came out. So I should not be surprised that it's going to get the TV treatment. But man, obviously... Disney had their big shareholders presentation, whatever, to say all the things that are coming out. I, we can't even begin to list all the things that are coming out. The internet's been losing its mind ever since. I'll try and put a link to, I'll find a summary site, because we didn't do a write-up of it, because there's too much. So many TV shows, so many movies, and the Loki trailer was just one tiny part of all the stuff that's come along. Marvel does seem to be even with any of their slight slips here and there, they sure do seem to be knocking it out of the park better than D.C. does. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, It's a shame that their other TV properties like Daredevil and Jessica Jones and things ended up getting canceled. But it was almost like... I don't know. Comic books do the same thing. If a series goes on for too long, it gets kind of tired. And then you have to do a reboot or move on to something else. And so it seems kind of appropriate that that is what happened with the TV show, except for The Defenders, which I was not at all impressed with. No. Except for like a couple of shining moments that I thought were kind of cool. And other than that, I was like, eh. Yeah, I heard somebody say at one point, It's actually, I believe it was Hugh, who's one of our um, movie reviewers for the site. But he said, Marvel, unpopular opinion time. Iron Fist is not the worst of the Marvel TV shows. That belongs to the Inhumans. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I did hear some pretty bad stuff about that one. Really? Oh, man. I was going to give that one a try, maybe. Now, not, was there a movie that came out? There was a TV show, Inhumans. And I think that was the one with Medusa, who has all the red hair and everything. The hair looks terrible, and within an episode, they had some reason why it all fell out. And that was because they probably didn't have the CGI budget to do all the things that her hair normally does. But yeah, everybody seemed to be complaining about that. They're like, the best thing about the character is that hair, and you got rid of it. What? I heard (laughs) very bad things about that TV show. I hope that's the right one I'm thinking of, but eh. What you gonna do? But Iron Fist sure wasn't great, either. (sighs) Well, I mean, that was the one where they apparently didn't have time Time to choreograph the fight scenes the way they oh wanted God. to. And we're like, that's the whole entire point of the character. Are you kidding me? They should have gotten the people who did the fight scenes for The Mandalorian on that one because those right. fight scenes are amazing. Every time. Every time. And I'm not even, I mean, I like a good fight scene, but it's not like I'm one of those people who's going to pick apart how cool it is and everything. I love all these fight scenes. They are awesome. And Mandalorian, anytime, any one of the characters. Yeah. Having a new character coming in is wonderful because we get to see a new fight fighting style. Yes, it's awesome. So that's going to wrap us up for the week, so make sure to check out com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, and probably the fan art galleries. I'm going to stop saying photo galleries until we actually have some events we can go to. Cross your fingers about this vaccine, folks. This would be awesome if it oh works. Oh, boy. 2021. we really hoping, guys. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not even going to say anything about it. No, I was going to say something about it. it can't possibly... No? Not even going to no, change it like that? Just, you don't to want to take great. the chance that 2021 is going to take that as a challenge the way 2020 uh one he did. Oh, God. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, all that and more. com. So we probably will have a, yeah, we'll have a new Night Vale episode to recap for next week, and one more episode of Mandalorian. Mmm! And probably, maybe we should do a deep dive into some of this other Marvel stuff that's coming out and maybe actually do, like, I don't know, like a geek site should and actually talk about some of this stuff? Well, maybe. Who knows? Uh, We'd have to try to get some angle that nobody else has. And how much of a chance do we have of that? Uh, Not much. Everybody's been doing all the angles. But I'm sure we'll figure something out or something else out. But, you know, because we're specific. Uh, One way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to you all later. Then he was getting back into after they beat off the first, sorry, I said beat off, (laughs) I'll try to say something different.